Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the study we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. And uh, this series uh, is all about digging deeper uh, into uh, our relationship with, with God and who Jesus is. It's, uh, it's really about the spiritual disciplines, but we're, we're, we're talking about it in terms of uh, Jesus' response to a question he was asked, what's the most important thing? What's the most important commandment is what he asked. And I, I said he was really being asked, what's the most important thing? And his response is, is what we're really kind of digging into. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that in that simple, profound statement is what we need to live as disciples. And uh, it, it, we've said, you know, in a practical, simple way, what we ought to be trying to do to make that happen is be thankful every day for five things. That reminds us of how amazing God is and, and causes us to love him the way that we're supposed to with all that we are. We're to encourage at least two people a day that gets us loving others well. And uh, we do the next right thing the best that we can. That's, uh, by, that's how we love ourselves, is living by trying to do the next right thing. And as simple as that seems and as practical as that is, the reality is we get to the end of a lot of days and life has gotten in the way. Our issues have gotten in the way. Sin has gotten in the way. Other people's issues have gotten in the way. We've gotten too busy. But we get to the end of a day and we realize we haven't been thankful. In fact, we've complained about just about everything all day long, that we didn't encourage anybody else. Um, we, you know, we didn't care. And we've had opportunities to do the next right thing. We've just failed miserably along the way. That's life. But we want to do better because our heart's desire is to love him more and to, and to be more in tune with what he's doing and, and to be, you know, find life as his disciples because that's where life is found. So this series is about digging deeper. And it's really my way of encouraging you to um, put some things aside and to, to really connect with God in a deeper way. Otherwise, we just sort of end up going through the motions and we get so busy and we have so many distractions in our lives now. And... and uh, uh, you know, we, we miss simple things, and we, we lose life because we're not, not getting focused on what's important. Um, we're too distracted. We're not focused on who God is. We're not doing things that we enjoy. We're just busy and out there and staying, all these things, you know, keeping us going. And, and, and we want to make sure that we're connecting with God because that's where life is found. And so we are, we're working through seven sections of Scripture together uh, to, to accomplish these things uh, to, that, that I'm trying to you know, speak through with you uh, in hopes that you'll, you'll take them into your life and that it'll become uh, something that you sort of practice uh, in, in the early part of your day, is my encouragement. It takes 15, 20 minutes or so, and then after a while you get to where you kind of, it, it feels you, you enjoy it and you, you'll spend a little more time doing it. But just start there and incorporate these things in your life. And it really allows the, uh, the Holy Spirit to sort of um, speak to us more clearly throughout the day and, and, and remind us that we're getting off track a little bit so we can get back on track because that's where life is. So together we've already talked about getting focused in the throne room of God and what that means in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And we, we broke that down verse by verse. Very important stuff. And then we talked about getting thankful, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And we talked about rejoicing and gentleness and peace and all the neat things that are in those verses. And now we're talking about getting connected. And we're using the Lord's Prayer as a model for this, uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. We're working through the verses together uh, to, to give us uh, an idea of what prayer looks like in a, in a sort of um, uh, 
a guided way, that the Lord's Prayer helps us, I think, to really stay focused while we pray. And I've told you, and, and maybe you're not like me, but for me, when I go to pray a lot of times, it, um, if I just sit down and start to pray, my mind often wanders. Um, it just, I'm starting to pray, and then uh, as I pray, I think about something, and all of a sudden, instead of praying, I'm just thinking, and that thinking goes all over the place, and it's not praying anymore. I can't count it as praying. It's not. It's thinking. Uh, and, and so having the Lord's Prayer as sort of a, a guide for me as a model helps me to sort of stay focused. And if I stop, you know, off track, it puts me right back on track. And so each one of the verses in the Lord's Prayer to me is, is a reminder of what we're supposed to do. And so we've talked already about God as Father and, and that we're His children and what that means in, in that relationship and, and, and how important that is for us. And, and, you know, some of us had some bad father images that we have to move past, but God is perfect and, and he loves us and he's for us and he's with us and he encourages us. And, and so we, we hold that intention as we go. Then we talked about his kingdom, the kingdom of God, his, which always means his authority to rule and reign. And that when you read about the kingdom of God uh, in the text, in the Bible, that's what it means. It's, it's not a literal place uh, we're, we're praying for his kingdom to come on earth as in heaven. We're praying that his, his authority, his rule, his reign would come as it already is established in heaven and that his will would be done in us. We talked about the significance of bread, uh, not only in our immediate physical lives, but uh, in, its, in the way that it represents emotional and relational and spiritual connection. And we looked at it in, in uh, connection with the kingdom of God and, and talking about, in faith, asking for the bread of tomorrow today. Very important part of that process. Then last week, we talked about receiving and extending forgiveness um, which is huge in so many people's lives and something that as believers we need to be really on top of and, and we need to keep those short accounts with God every day. Uh, there's things that I need to be forgiven for every day and I want to I wanna get them before God and, and, uh, and, and you know, stay in that spot knowing that he loves me and that he's for me and that he'll work with me in that process. Today, we're going to move into the last of the verses in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 13, and we're going to talk about temptation today and what that looks like. But before we do, I have a little story for you. So there's this farmer who's, uh, who's in the barn milking his cow. And all of a sudden, as he's doing that, this strange bug comes into the barn and begins buzzing around the cow's head. And the, the farmer's watching this very closely as he continues to squeeze the milk into the pail because he wanted to be ready to move fast in case the bug bites the cow, see, and then the cow kicks the bucket. And so he's watching the, 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 the bug very intently when all of a sudden the bug flies right into the cow's ear. Now, the, the cow doesn't really react. It doesn't budge. It doesn't blink. And, and the farmer's kind of stepped back for a moment. He's watching, but after about a minute of watching, nothing happens. He goes back to milking the cow again. And a few moments later, after he's milking the cow, uh, the, the, the bucket squirts out of the cow and into the, the milk pail. And the farmer says, well, I'll be in one ear and out the udder. Now, here's what's happening. I've already sent this to the person that's going to translate for me tomorrow. At 11 o'clock, we're starting to translate into Spanish on the headsets. And I know that won't translate. Because it won't make sense. So, 
I don't know what they'll do. I've instructed the translators when that happens to just say, okay, hang on, he's telling a joke that doesn't make any sense. Now laugh. <laughs> so timing is what's important. All right. So we're looking at Matthew 6.13 today. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we've prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And now lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I want to talk about, in a few moments together, avoiding temptation which to me is really a reminder about living by trying to do the next right thing. See, that's, that's the process. We're, we're trying to live by doing the next right thing, and throughout the day, we're going to have lots of opportunities that, that are thrown at us to not do the next right thing. Temptation, in effect, presents us with an opportunity to do the wrong thing, and we're trying to do the right thing, so what do we do? Fortunately, there's some stuff to think about in this process. God is so good in his, in his practical way uh, of helping us through these situations so that we can keep making better choices by, with his help. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this. No temptation has seized you. Wait, you know what? I forgot, the, I forgot the scripture reading, and I wanted to do that. So back up upstairs. I'm sorry, but I'm allowed to forget and make, miss things sometimes. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 12, and 13. Because I wanted you to think about this as we think about this message. This is a scripture reading for today. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You are not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So have that in your mind as we think about these verses today. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, so what do we do? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. When you're tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it, which means that you can do the next right thing. And I want to break that verse down into three points uh, that we talk about today as we deal with this uh, in our lives. So the first point is this, when you are tempted. When you are tempted. First Corinthians 10 through 13, but when you are tempted. Um, now, uh, temptation happens to all of us. Uh, this isn't something, oh, just bad people get tempted. We all get tempted. It's, it's part of living in a fallen world on a broken planet. It's a regular part of the experience that we have. We get tempted in big things, small things. There's always things out there that want uh, to take us off course of the best course that God has for us. And so we need to be aware of those things. And I like to think of this verse, and I, I process this verse all the time um, this way. Instead of... Um, thinking it when you are tempted, which happens, I like to think and just flop those words around as I process this and ask myself this question, when are you tempted? Uh, because this is what we need to think about. When are you tempted? Um, because I would submit to you that there are patterns in your life that you can discern 
that will help you in doing the next right thing because we, we tend to follow the same sort of patterns in our life. And we, we often tend to be plagued by the same sort of situations. And, and that there's a pattern behind them that lead us into doing. We don't usually jump from doing the next right thing to doing something that's way off just like that. It's usually a set of things that get sort of in play that lead us in that direction. And so if we can sort of ask ourselves, well, where am I and what am I doing when I'm tempted? It helps us to start making decisions earlier on in the process. So ask yourself those sort of questions. When am I most tempted? You know, what, what is it that I'm doing? Uh, is another thing right before that I'm tempted. Where am I? Who am I with? Um, what is it that's the thing that seems to most tempt me? Um, how do I feel right before I'm tempted? Uh, these are questions that if you ask yourself, um, you can get a habit, you can get a handle on a pattern that's there in your life, and, and then um, that allows us to see more clearly that, that God's going to provide a way out, which he's going to do. But sometimes we end up in trouble because it, it happens to us and we're not paying attention and we're moving off track and it's kind of like I said, it's kind of slow and in steps and all of a sudden we're, like, it's like we're in. Um, but if we can be aware that it's happening, we get more opportunities to make choices along the way. So they're, they're reasonable questions. What, what's going on when you're most tempted? What are you doing? What's happening in your life? You know, maybe um, you're, you're more tempted to do things you shouldn't if you hadn't have enough sleep. I mean, maybe it's, it's that you're hanging out with some people that you probably shouldn't be hanging around with anymore, um, especially if you hadn't had enough sleep. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you know what, uh, there's things, there's patterns that, that you can pick up on that you can begin to make changes so that as you start going, um, you, you sort of get a handle on it. Years and years ago, I just had a, I'm, I'm going off track here. Uh, I, was, I was doing a sermon and uh, it was when I was really young at preaching, and I was, it was funny, because I was talking about this thing, and I don't know this to be true. It was something that I'd heard, and I still don't know if it's true or not, but it sounded good in the illustration. And the illustration was about a frog in a pot of boiling water. And, and what I said was, if you tried to take a frog and put it in a pot of boiling water, it would jump out if it, you know, it would, ah, pot. But apparently what someone told me was, don't know if it's true, if you took that frog and put it in water and then turned the heat up slowly, it wouldn't pop out. Um, which is really a pretty cool thought. I mean, that's gross for the frog. Don't get me wrong. That's why I didn't ever use it again. I probably won't ever, but now it's on television too. Uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd share. Um, but you get the idea. The heat sort of comes up slowly, and apparently the frog doesn't jump out. Uh, and, and so, true or not, it's a pretty good illustration. That's what I think happens. It, it's, this, this temptation gets us, and it gets us kind of slowly. Uh, and it's, so it's not like we jump right into the boiling water. The heat gets turned up over time, and then we don't realize it is happening. And what I want to encourage you to do is to think about it. And, and, you know, we've just asked God to forgive us in that previous step. So if you find that you're asking God for forgiveness for something that's pretty similar all the time, then maybe it's a good time to look at, well, what is it that's putting me there? And what are the things that lead up to it? And God, would you start to help me to be aware of those things? And so work through those things. Ask yourself those questions. And then you'll see that he will always provide a way out. Always. He always provides a way out before you jump in the things you shouldn't do. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He will also provide a way out. So when you're feeling tempted, let's say that this is coming on you. It's been coming. You've thought about it. But here you go. And, and here's the big moment, you know, when you're feeling tempted. What do you do? First thing you need to do is, and I taught you this months ago, my temptation prayer. My temptation prayer is very effective and God answers it 
all the time, and, and I want you to memorize it. It's help. You are spiritual giants now. It really works. It really works. Because God's faithful. And, and God isn't... Uh, see, here's the thing. Jesus is sympathetic to what you're going through. This is what you've got to know about our great priest that we've been talking about through all these things. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, here's the deal. Sometimes we're dealing with temptation. A lot of people have so much guilt and shame that go along with it that rather than cry out to help, they think, oh, I'm just such a mess. I can't go to God with this. And then boom, then they're just taken right off into the temptation. Instead, you need to know that we can turn to Jesus who understands. He never sinned, but he was tempted in every way. He gets, see, that's what's so cool about the God we serve. That's one of the things. There's so many things that are so cool, I can't get into them all. You know, the fact that the Holy Spirit lives, I mean, it's just some cool stuff going on. But Jesus walked this thing. God, fully God, fully man, came and lived this life on this broken planet, in this fallen world, and he experiences everything that you experience. He experienced it all, yet without sin. That's the difference. He was perfect. He never, never turned off course. But he gets it. And he doesn't get mad at us when we're tempted. He doesn't go, that's not how he works. All he's waiting for you to do is say, help, I need help. And he's already there. He's just, you just, all it's really about is you turning and realizing that he's there to help you. He's always there to help. And in that time of need, which is what it is, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence to get all the mercy and grace that we need, which is what puts us back on course. He'll help us. He always makes a way out, always. I'm amazed at how things will be happening, and if I'll just stop and say, help, the things that pop open are amazing to me. How often God will do that. Little things, big things, you name it. Just right there. To just make a way out. But we have to stop. We have to ask for help in the process. And then you can stand up under it. That's the third thing. First Corinthians 10, 13. So you can stand up under it. You can do the next right thing. So when you're feeling tempted, you, and you, hopefully you'll start connecting with it. It's not just, it's, it's happening. There's a pattern. You, you stop and you pray, help. Then what we need to do is we need to change our focus. Here's, here's where I think we often fail, is that we get to this point, and then um, we, we start thinking, okay, what I need to do is resist the temptation. That's what comes up next. I need to resist. I'm, I'm tempted, but I'm going to resist. And the problem is that um, almost always, and you've heard this, resistance is futile. Um, it doesn't work. You're just not that strong. Your willpower is not that good. Uh, it, it, you know, it might work for a little bit, but then if that's what you're relying on, it will let you down. You are not that strong. Um, and in the scripture, when it comes to dealing with temptation and avoiding temptation, it's not that we're to resist. We're to resist the devil, but that's a whole different issue and, and a whole different message. Um, when it comes to overcoming and avoiding temptation, what we need to do is change our focus. You need, to, you need to quit being consumed by what's heading you in the wrong path, and you need to change your focus. You need to get your focus on something else. You need to get your focus on something that's pure and right and lovely. You need to get off of that whole track. And, and if you're just thinking about not doing it, if you just start going, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, you know what you're thinking about? Doing it. 
and it, it just keeps pulling on you, pulling on you, and pulling on you. So you just, you have to, you have to shift your attention. If you were watching television, something came on that you didn't want to watch, you'd change the channel, right? I don't want to watch that. Boom. Change the channel. It's a lot like that. If something's coming that you don't and shouldn't be doing, change your focus. You know, you don't, if a, if a show's coming on you don't want to watch, you just don't sit there and go, I don't want to watch it, don't want to watch it, don't want to watch that. Right? Boom. Change it. So you have to change your focus. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, temptation is always this thing that's challenging God and his word. Remember last week I said that when we confess our sin, what we're saying in effect to God is, confession means same word, and it means your word is right, I'm wrong, you're right, I'm wrong. Um, That's what confession is. It's not I'll never do it again. See, temptation... Is, is setting itself up against God and saying you should do this and then it starts trying to reason you into it or to um, rationalize why you should do it instead of doing what you know to be right. And I, that's one of my favorite words, you know that, rationalize. You just start telling yourself rational lies and believing them and then you move off in the bad situation. But what, the, what part of the way out is is as we realize this thing and we've prayed and asked for his strength and his help and we're going to change our focus by, by, by we're going to quit thinking about those things. We take those things captive and put them away and we change our focus into things that are better for us to think about. We, we get out of this mindset of ourselves and into what really matters. And so, so these are the things that we do in a, in a very sort of uh, um, simple way when it's happening. Start thinking about, because it comes right after we talked about forgiveness. Start thinking about, because you'll see the pattern. If you stay on top of the forgiveness thing, you'll see, hey, this is coming up a lot. And, and so, um, and I, I know that I'm forgiven, but I probably need to look at why it's coming up as often as it is, that I'm, I'm here needing forgiveness. What is it that's setting me up in this thing, and how is that working? And start getting some clues and asking him to help, and he will, and then he'll, he'll change your focus. He'll help you with that. What I do Every time I pray this part of the prayer practically, um, the, the, that Matthew six thirteen, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I actually, I think about this and I journal about this. And this is my, my, my thing to God every day. Lord, help me to see the traps and the temptations. And then help me to see your way out. Because I, 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 if I ask him, I get some sort of extra discernment that comes. Because there's a lot of things that try and trap me and steal me uh, uh, steal life away from me and get me moving in the wrong direction. So I, my, my practical way of praying that part of the prayer is just said, Lord, would you help me today to see every trap and temptation that comes at me? And Lord, then help me to see your way out. Because he always puts one there. There's always a way out. You know, and, and sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. Um, sometimes, and I've said to this, sometimes a temptation is just as simple as, as worry. Lord, uh, worry is such a trap. And, and it, it's so subtle in some cases. All of a sudden, it'll come on you and steal everything away from you. And, and Lord, I always say, don't let that, if I, you know, let me see the trap of worry coming. Let me see the trap of fear coming. Let me see the trap of anxiety coming. Let me see him coming, God, quicker, so that I can cry out for help and move in the better direction, because that's where I find life. So that's that part of the prayer. Next week, uh, we're going to move into getting dressed. And... Uh, We're going to talk about spiritual armor once again, which goes well with 
this whole process of where we're at, forgiveness and avoiding temptation, and now getting into the, some of the, the spiritual armor that we have to help us in the process, and, and it's really neat stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll be looking at that next week together and uh, kicking into those verses. So uh, be thinking about this, and, and now we've got three sections of the seven done, and, and I'm hoping that you start to apply them in your life. Just, uh, and how do you apply them? I just get out there. When I start with the Lord, I, you know, I'll tell you my plan. Generally, I get out there, and I, I kind of mumble, good morning, God, and uh, I, I start thinking uh, about who he is and the throne room of God in those verses, and I remember those verses. And then I, I do all things that I'm thankful for, Philippians 4. I always start by being thankful, and then I just start to pray. I get connected, and, and uh, I get into it uh, with the process. I like to journal when I do it. Um, but I don't journal like this. I journal on the iPad. Uh, everybody's different. And, uh, and so that's what it looks like to me, but it's very, very helpful. And I want to encourage you to start taking some of these things in and spending some time with him uh, in the process. So we'll finish up there. If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much for watching today. We're so glad you spent this time with us. We know how valuable your time is, and we appreciate you uh, uh, spending time with us today. If there's anything we can do, check out our website, and uh, you can get a hold of us there. And uh, we'd be happy to pray for you or, or anything else that's happening. So thank you for your time. And we look forward to seeing you again next week.